0: This is Intentional Foul. Josh and Dan, back with you for another week of... Something. Something. Sports talk, life talk, and we'll have story time at the end, which yeah, I got, think is fun. You, yeah. you kind of got me looking forward to this yeah, a little bit. Yeah,
1: I got a few that'll tie in with our top five that's uh, I like
0: it. pretty good. So, Sorry if our top five didn't live up to its billing last week for those who listened. But... Sorry, not sorry. Michael. Hey, that's... You know, it's not. If we're going to continue to do a top five, it's not going to be a home run every time.
1: No, if it was, we'd be getting paid. Dude, and do being on ESPN some, and, somewhere. You know, but whatever.
0: Sometimes it'll be a swing and a miss. We'll try to do better, or we'll just try and see what happens. Man, I. Good week. It is, and I have a hard time. Really getting invested with a lot of emotion when things are so close to being really, really awesome. And by that I mean the
1: brewer season. Oh, that's when you gotta get invested. I though, know, man.
0: and I know that's when it's peak for a fan to me. And I this is a little bit of my mother when stuff gets really crazy. I can't watch. And that's kind of where I I instead of going further in. I pull back a little bit, even though I, and I know I shouldn't because this is awesome. Oh yeah. And I don't know why when I recount the story of them getting the wild card and snapping the, 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 the playoff drought in 2008, I wasn't even watching the game against the Cubs. I was in my car and I don't know what I was doing. I probably wasn't doing anything important, mm-hmm. but that's where I was. Cause I, I couldn't watch. I'd rather be in the car with the radio. So when things get a little bit too sketchy, click i can just i could just <laughs> detach that oh, and th- man. that's just the way I, and i know that that's wrong because this is everything that is awesome about sports what's going on right oh, now yeah. with
1: the division race i mean not me man like these you know that the the, the pirate series over the weekend and then these these two these two games uh the last two nights against the cardinals have just they've just been meat grinders man i mean you know, they're up six nothing last night in the fourth inning, and you're like, "All right." And then, boom, Molina hits a three run dong, and it's like I'm walking around my house. You know, I got to go get <laughs> a beer. Uh, you know, I'm like, Jesus, <laughs> there's still five more innings left, and then the Brewers score, and then it's seven to three, and then all of a sudden the bases are loaded with nobody out, and I'm like, Jesus.
0: Can and nothing can ever be easy. I'm
1: like, should I just you know go up and take a couple shots at NyQuil and just calm down? Or, like, what's going on here?
0: Well, I, like, I don't know what it was about Saturday night when the when the Badgers and, and I were going back and forth. It got to the end of the third quarter, and I just went, I can't take it anymore. I went to bed at 10 o'clock. And I, I can't do it. I woke up the next morning, and that, probably like you, one of the first things you do is turn on your phone, check Twitter, check some of the sports sites, right. see what you missed, yep. Yep. see what happened. And I was like, oh, okay, the Badgers won. That's good. <laughs> But that's, that's that's how I, I don't know when I started like this, but it's like, I can't. Jesus, what's,
1: what's going to happen when your kids start doing stuff? man well, You're going to be curled up in a ball in the fetal position, <laughs> just rocking back and forth like mankind or what?
0: I, I texted Collis. I said, get ready for a ride, man. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong. A lot of it's good, but oh man. Nice. And I can't sit back and enjoy sports. Just can't yeah. do it for some reason. You just get too anxious and get too tight. Wait, what are you talking about? You were pacing around your house. Oh, but I'm watching. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, come on. I got I got to. Uh-huh. Look, we're. I'm 37, you're 38. This, they've only made the playoffs four times in our life. This will right. be five. I mean, I'm, right. I'm watching. Well, I'm watching every pitch. I hope. They're in. They yeah. have to lose every game. I know. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. Don't. They're not getting to get swept at home by the Tigers. All right. Not going to happen. They're going to win think, the division. You think Cubs fans are going catatonic about now?
0: Wilbon said they're not well, even going
1: to win another game the rest of the season. There's only like, I don't know, 15 real ones. So the rest of them are just hopping off that bandwagon like it's on fire. You mean Cubs fans? Yeah.
0: Like when the Blackhawks won a couple of Stanley yeah. Cups and yeah. they came out of the just
1: <laughs> Like gremlins. They just kept multiplying. <laughs> don't get them wet. Don't eat, feed eat them after, after midnight.
0: midnight. Right? Jesus. That's what that is. Well, the Cubs right now, I, I man... I'm not going to say I feel bad, but I don't know how you can find ways to be positive about what's going on than that mess that's happening right now.
1: Regardless of what happens in the Brewer-Cardinal game tonight, uh, that three-game series in Wrigley between the Cardinals and the Cubs is is huge for both teams. Yes, it is. And, uh, you know, the Cubs are—I believe the Cubs are— Locked into the playoffs, I I think, or else they're if they win tonight, or or the Cardinals lose tonight, so they're basic again. They'd basically have to lose out. But um, the Cardinals now are out of the wild card spot, so they're fighting to get back in. And um, it's going to be fun. Fun last four days of the year. Colorado
0: always seems like one of those bothersome teams. You never really you know take them real seriously, like they're they're a legit team, but
1: then they're always hanging around. They got a hell of a lineup. They're they're pitching suspect, but you know, and and obviously, if you're gonna get them, you know, in that wild card game, um, you got to get them in your own place so they don't have the Coors Field advantage. But th- they may end up winning their division. They're only a, a half game or a yep. game behind LA, and mm-hmm. they haven't been playing very good lately. And Colorado's hot, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Be fun.
0: I just like the fact that the Brewers heading into this series against St. Louis, two teams were deadlocked at eight and eight. In 16 games, and regardless of what happens tonight as we record this on Wednesday, when you can win the season series against St. Louis, I like that.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it guarantees like that, that if that is the wild card game, it's going to be at Miller Park. Right. And that's that's very big for the Brewers.
0: I don't... Where, where are you putting Yelich in this conversation? I mean, do, do second halves, because we are a most recent memory type of society... We remember now, since the All-Star break, we kind of forget about the first half, even though it it factors into the numbers. Do the cycles matter that he's had two of them? I mean, is is everything favorable and leaning towards Yelich in this race? Because it seems like when the games are on the line, you want the player that can deliver the most, and I don't know whether Baez trumps Yelich in that
1: category. I wouldn't... I, I would... I would think as of today, especially with what happened last night, um, six, RBIs. six RBIs, a homer, or triple, a triple. Yeah, uh, in you know, in a must-win game in the thick of the pennant race, I, I think you got to give Yelich the nudge. He's statistically he's better, and pretty pretty much across the board, with the exception, I think, Baez has one more homer and maybe six more RBIs, and um, you know, the RBI thing is a little it's hard to gauge. You know, Yelich typically has been batting leadoff or second. You know, Baez, bats a little bit different spots. Mm-hmm. He's got some guys in Bryant and Rizzo sometimes that are ahead of him, the more guys on. So, you know, that all factors in. But I don't know, man. Jelic's second half, normally I wouldn't say, you know, your second half can can get you the MVP. But his has been, like, historic in the way he's played. He's leading the league in every category in the second half of the season. And, and not only that his first half was great he was an all-star right you know so yeah. it, it wasn't like this came out of nowhere
0: no, it's it, but there's definitely a next level For sure that has been reached
1: I I told uh I told my buddy our buddy Joe last night we were texting back and forth during the game and I had even said it to my dad yesterday before all the theatrics of last night it, it, it remind this his second half of the season it reminds me a lot of uh of braun in 2011. Um, He had some huge, huge games down the stretch that um, propelled them to the division title. Mm -hmm. The the one it really reminds me of the most, though, is uh, is Molitor in 87, the year he had the 39-game hit streak, Mm -hmm. and uh, obviously Yelich doesn't have the hit streak, but um, basically you just can't get the guy out for three solid months. It's pretty remarkable, and... It seems like every time he's come up in a big spot with a couple guys on, you know, maybe games tied, you're trailing by a run, he just gets the hit. Well, did they walk Kane yes. last night to get to him? Well, that's what happens when your manager gets thrown out of the game in the you... seventh inning or oh, whatever. Oh, fine,
0: but are you, have you been, are, is are, is this your first day in the league? I don't know.
1: I mean, what are you doing? Uh, Tom Hardercourt said in the Journal this morning, um, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, that, uh, the players were the Brewer players were like shocked. And they're like, no disrespect to Lil Kane. He's having a great year, but you're really gonna walk him to get to the hottest dude on the planet? Uh, I, I don't know. I would have had more respect for him if they walked Kane and then they walked Yelich with the bases loaded.
0: Right. We're we're willing to sacrifice run Absolutely. one run rather than you clearing the bases. No question.
1: Oh, no that's, question. That's fine with some They did it with bonds back in the day.
0: We do that in slow pitch. Yeah, so this guy's hit three bombs already. The bases yeah. are loaded. Let's walk him. Why would we walk and run? Because he's going to give him four. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You just you just roll the dice on that. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's nice to see Braun get hot at it,
1: at the biggest series of the season. Well, big game Braun. Stop yeah. taking him out in the fifth inning, Council. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been saying that. I I get it, and and they talked about it a little bit last night. Schroeder did. Um,
0: by the way, how fun was it to hear euchre in the in the TV booth?
1: Fun for us. I don't know how fun it was for uh, FS Wisconsin trying to make sure that he didn't say anything that was going to get in trouble. <laughs> he started talking about Todd Coffee wearing a, a man bra and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things of that nature. And he said something about Mike Shannon being over medicated. And I was like, oh my God, I bet their producers are just sweating back there. <laughs> it's
0: <just> like, <laughs> hit the dump button, hit yeah, the dump button, hit yeah. the dump button.
1: But no, Schroeder said it last night. You know, he talked to Braun around the cage and, um, Braun was just saying how he, he's uh just kind of rejuvenated. He feels great, he feels really strong. And I'm sure some of that had to do with a lot of the time off, you know, during the year that council gave him. And That's what he
0: needs at this point in his career. You see, when he yeah. plays for a stretch, he'll pull something, he'll tweak something, and then he'll need an extra day off in addition to the day off that he gets, and then he'll get another day off.
1: In baseball, if you watch it, you know, every day or you know, five out of seven days or whatever. It's so frustrating to watch an entire baseball season because there's a game in July that you think's a big game and they're playing, you know, Shaw and Braun are sitting and you're like, why are they sitting out? It doesn't make any sense. But, you know, they're they're looking two months down the road whereas fans were just looking at today. And, you know, um, you, you got to give them credit. It seems to have paid off. Council, a lot of the things he's done this year has, have driven me nuts and have left like, me scratching my head. Like Monday, yeah. But uh, you know, f- for the most part, this stuff has worked. He's, I mean, I would be shocked if he's not National, National League, League Manager, Manager of the, of the Year. year.
0: I, you know, I was thinking that on the way over here, I, and I was trying to figure who else is is winning these divisions where you can, or even the wild card that a team that has overachieved that didn't you didn't think this was a year at all. And I, I don't really maybe Atlanta.
1: S- you know they're a little ahead of their schedule, but Colorado made it last year. Um, the Cubs and the Dodgers have two hundred million dollar payrolls. No, you need
0: to be there. You know. Yeah. So uh, I know I, I and I couldn't come up with anybody. Yeah. So so I would I you know especially if they win the division, you got to give it to them, don't you? I mean, even if you get the wild one of the two wild cards, I'm not sure that anybody expected this team to be over ninety games.
1: Have you ever seen anything
0: stranger though
1: than Monday night? Where, where you start Starting a guy, pitcher, he one he, he or throws done. three pitches, gets the guy out. Does you know that's what they wanted him to do, yep. and then they take him out of the. It was just really bizarre.
0: It was, and I, you and I talked about it a little bit, and we saved a lot of it for here. Obviously, um, you're you were kind of not on board with the optics of the whole thing and the message that it that it sends to Anderson that you know this is a really big game, can't depend on you. <laughs> we're 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 going against your 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 statistics you know we're we're taking those in mind and going with with other and it, i mean i like the all hands on deck it it was one of those to me where we got to start the series off with a win we got to set the tone and we're going to play matchups no matter what that being said but they didn't correct when it comes time to actually do that the next time right. around right right You're not. You're sticking with a guy who has for. You stuck
1: with your 21 year old rookie who doesn't
0: have many pitches other than a fastball.
1: Right, right. I think that was a. I mean, that was a mistake. I don't know. They ended up winning the game, yeah. and, and I and I think we talked about. I didn't think whether or not Dan Jennings started or or whatever. I didn't think that was going to win or lose the game because if you start Chase Anderson and he gives up a homer to Carpenter, okay, well, you're down one to nothing. It's not the if end of the world. If you lose one to nothing,
0: you got bigger problems. Right.
1: Um, it was just a strange decision to leave Peralta yeah. in to face him. It it you know backfired. Yeah. Carpenter got a double, knocked in a run or two or whatever it was, but. um I don't know man. I feel I tell you what, I give Chase Anderson a lot of credit. I'm not Took know, it like
0: a champ. I, he did. And he, counsel said he was available if they needed yep, him. Yep. He did. He, it's not like you're he, not going to play.
1: He wasn't happy about it. No. They they interviewed him before the game. And he,
0: pitchers are very protective yep. about that sort of thing. They never like to be taken out. They want to finish what they started. They want the ball. They want to be trusted. They want the confidence. So I and I'm sure that was a big shot, you know, yeah. to him it's like, "Wait
1: a minute, what's happening?" Well, because now Now, what happens is next time around. Right? Does he because the games are going to get bigger for sure? Are you going to pitch him against Detroit if the with the division on the line? What if
0: yeah, right? What if what if that's a must win game? Are you going to pitch him to get into the NLDS? You going to pitch
1: him game three of the NLDS on the road at Wrigley? I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's my only issue with it. And um, you know, we're not there. I, I don't know Chase Anderson personally, and and. Um, maybe him and council have had that talk. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. But um, it's always it'll be interesting to see how that plays out down the road.
0: So where is uh, we're going to do our top five favorite, not best, who we think is yeah. best? We are do our top five favorite Brewers from each of us, and top, f- and then top five least favorites <laughs> as well. But I mean, Yelich, he's already. Won the fans over sure. this year, and he's going to be here for a few more years. So that that's just another opportunity. But you talked about a historic half season, just overall season, mm-hmm. I guess, for the organization. Especially if he wins MVP first, you know, guy to do it other than Braun. And you know, where does this put him now in 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 the Brewers lore?
1: Yeah, it's top. I would say top four for sure. Um, I, I wouldn't quibble with any way you put it. I think he you got Yount in '82 uh, when when they won the pennant, went yep. to the World Series. He was the MVP. Um, I believe it was I want to say 2009, maybe when Fielder hit 50 homers. Okay. Um, and then of course Braun in 2011 with yep. his MVP, and uh, I think Cooper had one of those years in the early '80s where he hit about 340 and um, you know was in the MVP conversation. Well, put and him then, up there then, and then Yelich. So. You know, um, it's right up there, man. It's 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 been very impressive, and um, it, it might be one of those seasons where it might be the best season he ever has. If yeah, he and may, I, not not that he's going to regress to not being a good player. I think he's going to no. continue to be a good player, but to expect him to hit three thirty against left handed pitching for an entire season again. You know, and that's, kinda, I, that's pretty unrealistic. And a,
0: I'm always a look forward guy and a worry about this guy. And I hope that fans don't have expectations going forward that this is where the bar is set. Right. You need to realize that people have season highs in a lot of different categories. And to have them pretty much in every statistical category at the same time during a year, you can expect that no. every year from here on out. It's just, that's just not the way it works.
1: Right. And, and I... I fully expect him to be an all-star for the next several years, yeah. and and he's going to have a year where he hits 19 homers and hits 280. We talked about that uh, last week, it's but just... you know that that's baseball. You know, go go look back at the greatest players of all time across the board, and they all had a year or two somewhere that you know wasn't great, right? But uh, hell of a player, hell of yep. a season.
0: So three more against the Tigers. It's back home where they wind up the season, and then. We'll see where they're at, yeah, but magic yeah. number was one heading into a Wednesday night, which is nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You want to switch to football? Yeah, we got I a few things
1: we can run through here. I don't really want to. I do. Oh, man.
0: I know you do. <laughs> You're just needling me. Well, needling me all day <laughs> Sunday. I'm on Monday.
1: Well, I'll start with the Packer game. Uh, R- Rodgers is 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 just a statue. I mean, he, he can't move. Can't help it. Can't move. That's, that's what What that's did what I say is. last week. Yeah. should have sat him. Well, should have sat him. But
0: they, there's no the doctors don't agree. The Rogers doesn't think so. That the, if there's no guarantee that you're going to be any better for your condition and you can't hurt it any worse, then I guess what's the point? Well, but I, if, if if he gives if he gives you the best chance to win the game, why sit
1: him? Be uh, my only reason would be because it's not going to get better if he keeps playing on it. And this Packer team, as it currently stands, is borderline playoff team?
0: Right now, I'd probably agree with that. But right now, you need to sit him for half the season in order, I would probably... And I'm not a doctor, obviously. I don't know that, and I don't know what the exact condition of anything is, but conventional wisdom, to me, would say you need to sit him for more than just one week to see any improvement. Maybe. Like, like that by week probably is not going to make a monumental amount of difference if he's in the same condition then that he is now. To me, you need... Three, four weeks off before you kind of let him come even close to a semblance of what he started the season as.
1: Yeah, and you know, I mean, obviously, what's going to happen? We're playing armchair doctor here, and there's not a chance in hell that they're telling you the whole truth about his injury. Of course not.
0: Nobody knows anything except that's inside that building. And I
1: mean, in football, they act like they're keeping, you know, they're hiding the nuclear secrets from you. You know, I mean, God forbid (laughs) that anybody said what was wrong with a football player, but codes. Um,
0: but you know what? He did He did good stuff in the pocket against the Vikings. There was no reason to think that he couldn't do it against the Redskins. They just got after him and they hit him. And you think coming in after a couple of weeks, okay, a number 3 defense, that's a very small sample size, but they did good things. And injuries are now, you went from zero to completely screwed on the injury front in a manner of one game. That's it. Belaga practiced on Wednesday or today on Wednesday. Um, Devon House got put on IR. They brought in a guy who failed his physical at corner. He's probably not the answer. Your cornerbacks dinged up. They're going to start another guy at guard. McCray's out. Bell's going to start. Jimmy Graham was out with a knee injury. So uh, all this stuff just all of a sudden happened, and this was the healthiest team that the team has been in recent years coming out of training camp, and you're feeling good after a couple weeks. One week, Rodgers goes down, but you're like, okay, the rest of the team's all right. Now it's like, who's not hurt?
1: Is it just me, or... Why does it seem like every year that this... I, I hear this the injury thing? from Packer. And I'm not saying that it's not a legitimate thing to say. They're always hurt. They are. Like, They're. maybe get a new training staff. I was kind of...
0: Thinking that I mean, over the last couple Clay of Matthews
1: seasons. is going to pull his hamstring yes. at some yes, point the season and miss two to three games. It's it's inevitable. Yes, it is. Bulaga, we you, we talked about for a you season. You and I had a side bet. I said he would not make it to week six without missing a game, and we're in week. He's got to go four. out of a game and then
0: miss the other. Yes, game. He, and so, I mean that's that, certainly that's, on the table. Yes, it is.
1: Um, you know, you Devon House goes on IR, which isn't a very big loss because he's really. awful, but he's still a starting defensive back for you. Um, it just seems like the Packers, for whatever reason, the last few years, it's always something, and I don't know.
0: I, I, I mean, is it fair to put that on the strength and conditioning I, who knows? coach? If a guy I, rolls up on I a lineman's
1: know. knee, that ain't got nothing to do with well, nothing. You but, can't,
0: you can't really help the Mo Wilkerson situation. Sure. I, that's a guy I didn't even mention for sure. Who you know is that's you, football. That you happens. don't see players' heads buried in their hands when they're being taken off the cart. They know very, very often. They know. Exactly. Right. And for him to go straight to a hospital and yeah. stay there yeah. over the weekend just so you can get transported home, I mean, that's some serious stuff, man. And it's all because he got rolled up on by a safety. Right. Doesn't doesn't mean it, you need a 350-pound nose tackle to fall on you. No. You, you can have one of the smaller guys in the field and it doesn't matter.
1: No question.
0: So I right now, I don't know. The Bills, you can't. What they did to the Vikings. I mean, that's that the biggest upset in recent history. Man, the, the,
1: wasn't that the classic, though? Um, just looking past them to the Rams this week. Oh,
0: completely. That,
1: the Vikings said, no, they were not ready to play. They completely looked past Buffalo, which, you know, 0 2, looking terrible, rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. You would think that Minnesota would blow the, I think they were 14 and a half point favorites. 16
0: and a half. But yeah. either way, two I mean, touchdowns, over yeah. two touchdowns.
1: So that, yeah, that was big time. But. Don't, let's not duck the issue here. Okay. Give let's, me your Clay Matthews penalty. Oh Come God. on. Give it to me. What do you got? I, uh, I don't know.
0: I don't have any explanation other than the fact that most coaches now, and you heard from uh, Jay Gruden coming before the Redskins <laughs> game from the Matthews hit two weeks ago. You've heard from players... You've heard from coaches. You've heard from executives. And it just appears to fall on deaf ears for the league. Until yesterday, when they released a statement saying that they were concerned or uncomfortable with the amount of roughing the passer calls and the way they were being called. And it's not like they're going to change a rule midseason. But they're going to tell people to start looking at it a little bit differently. Like Again, you're looking for an explanation of how exactly, from anybody. I don't care if it's anybody in the league. Don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. And none of that is happening. It's Mm -hmm. just, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, then. Give me another reasonable explanation. Watch the film with me. Show me how I'm supposed to come off a block at full speed and full acceleration and not Have happened? What happened?
1: No, I agree, and I I I just don't understand that. This this last one this week against Washington was much more of a of a horrible call than even the Viking one. You think so? Yeah, yeah. I thought this one. I thought Clay Matthews on this one he was almost you you could see it in the slow motion replay. He was almost bringing his hands off of Alex Smith like back like. I'm not doing anything before they had both even hit the ground. Because he knew he was going to fall on him hard. Yes, he knew. Um, And everything you said is 100% true from the on-field perspective. And this is what you and I were texting a little bit about during the game. And there's two reasons why all this stuff is going on in the NFL, in my opinion. There's two reasons. Number one, Obviously, we all know they want to protect the quarterback. League
0: wants to protect okay? the most valuable players that get people to watch, and that's the quarterback. They're the most
1: valuable player. They're the highest-paid paid player. player. Yes. And let's be honest, as a Packer fan last year, oh. it sucked not having Aaron Rodgers, didn't it? It was awful. If you're a Colt fan, it sucked last not year having not, not having Luck. Andrew Luck. Yes, it did. You have these fan bases in these teams, especially good teams, that are contenders. When their quarterbacks go down, they're stars like that. It, it not only hurts that particular franchise, it hurts the league as a whole. And don't ever forget that the NFL is in existence to make money. It's a business. Period. I get it. The other thing is, this is what happens when your alumni sue the league. And all the old-timers, and I'm not criticizing them for do it, rightfully so, because their health care was, was garbage. And they all had these... Late in life, problems with concussions and 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 other injuries that weren't being taken care of, and they went after the NFL. Well, because they're a business, if the the NFL people are like, well, look, we we don't want to continue to get sued, right? By all these um, generations that are coming after these guys, we we have to change so we'll the
0: way. Do what we can to cut that off
1: for sure. So the people, yeah. the the players that are getting upset about all these new, for, forget. The Clay Matthews thing where that's just a bad call. I'm talking about the rule in general. Same right. thing with the the helmet rule yeah, in the like preseason. The, which,
0: by the way, have you heard no. in, anything of in Nothing. the first three weeks?
1: Nothing. Okay. But the players that don't like these new rules, they need to talk to their union head. And they need to say, look, we we still want to play football. And they're going to have to give some kind of guarantee to the league that, like, you know, we're not going to come after you later on. But at the same time, they're not going to do that they're they're if if they're going to have these latent in life injuries not be taken care of by the NFL they're going to go after him again. So I see it from both sides of of the coin here but you know sometimes with stuff like this you got to take the on-field stuff away and you got to look at it from the business perspective and that's really what this boils down to is the NFL is covering their own butt.
0: I understand that but but also at the same time and I'll go back to the on-field stuff you need to give me something of a mounted defense by the league. Of a, you've told me what not to do, you need to tell me what we can do. And it needs to make some sense. And so far, the league has been mum. There, there's there been nothing. Nobody is saying, any, and it, you know, Mike McCarthy has said that Mark Murphy has been in touch and... Eh, Let me ask you this as a Bear fan, because this came up from from another Bear fan, and I know there's nothing you like better than hating on the Packers. (laughs) Around the league, and because I don't get out of southern Wisconsin and talk to NFL fans from other regions, does Clay Matthews have a reputation as a dirty
1: player? No. I didn't think so either, but I didn't know. No, I I thought I heard he'd only had four for four personal fouls in his career yes. and he's got 3 already in, this year. In 10
0: years coming into yeah. this year
1: he so no, is four. No, I would not say that at all.
0: No. Okay. I no. just wanted to make sure that y- you get the argument that the refs are now watching him. He has a reputation they're, they're of, for him.
1: He has a reputation of being a pretty boy idiot. <laughs> but not for being dirty. Okay.
0: You know, I just wanted to get
1: make sure. get a haircut man. You're you're like 34 years old. Oh, well, did you say that you know, Troy Polamalu? He
0: worked that into a head and shoulders. You know, a little testimonial type deal. Yeah,
1: great. <laughs> Clay Matthews ain't getting no commercials. Those days are over. He's the only commercials he gets is when he's riding Rogers' coattails in a State Farm ad. That's it. And it ain't got nothing to do with his hair. Grow <laughs> up, man. It's like when you get an earring in college. You know, you probably shouldn't be wearing that earring in your mid thirties. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying.
0: All right. You want to talk about your Bears? Yeah, they, there's hey, not
1: much to say. Well, I mean, that hey, was, they're
0: leading the they're leading the division. That Come was on, an now.
1: Awful game. Well, um, you know, they their their defense is is dominant. It's it's in the mole. It's not 85 Bears dominate. It's more Urlacher Briggs era. You know, forcing turnovers, turning those turnovers into some points, um, getting after the quarterback. Um, pretty impressive. Trubisky is going to give me a, a stroke or a heart attack at some point in the I next in the next said, ten years. I think you said that last yeah, week. Yeah, it's I, I'm I, it's week three and I'm already talked out on him. Can they know? win the division? I think so because I I think the Packers are extremely banged up and I think the Vikings are going to be Jekyll and Hyde all year. I think Kirk Cousins is going to have games where he throws for 400 yards. I think he's going to have games where he has three picks. Um, right. you know. I don't think. I think that's a good division. Even Detroit's not bad, but I don't think any of those teams are are really, really good teams. Can the
0: offense support the defense enough to give them enough wins? I mean, they're not going to blow anybody out. No. Uh, who do they got this week? Arizona, Tampa, or Tampa? Tampa. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, Who's
0: going to start I, there?
1: You know, the Bears. I mean, what do you think? You got to get to twenty points. Kinda, I would say. And do all twenty have to come from your offense? Absolutely not. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Can if 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 the Bears can they, get a pick six or and, and, uh, hold, and
0: hold the turnover margin, you know, a
1: fumble recovery or something. I mean, you know, run the ball, continue to dominate the clock. You know, keep your defense fresh. They got a chance to win nine, ten games, maybe. But you know, I it, it reminds me of. Remember in two thousand one. Um, the Bears went thirteen and three, mm-hmm. and they hadn't been good for like a decade. And then yeah. they just went thirteen and three, and then the next the next five years they were terrible again. It kind of feels like one of those years, or oh, like it, no. it could happen. where like, oh yeah, the Bears are good; they're up and coming. And then it's like, yeah, they're really they got that talent. Was just a but flash of the pan, yeah, year. yeah, yeah. So that's all right. I see that possible, but well, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. It's, got
0: the Dolphins still unbeaten. Kansas City Mahomes is is off to the best start. Ever mm-hmm. through three games, the Rams are good.
1: Rams are the best team in football. Man, Rams are the best team in football.
0: This is a slippery slope. Which is crazy on, on to Thursday think. Thursday already for the Vikings. Remember two
1: years ago when Jeff Fisher was their coach yes. and he wouldn't play golf and yes. it was just like a clown show yep. out there. And now he
0: had a pretty good defense, a decent front seven, but that was about it.
1: Yeah, and two years later they're they're blowing everybody out and funny how quick that changed mm-hmm.
0: uh, you don't you, Cincinnati's another one of those teams where okay pretty good start but you never know whether you can keep that going or they're just gonna go into a downward spiral that they can't pull out of
1: well they've proven they can make the playoffs they just can't yeah. win a playoff game well, that's for sure you know and, and the Chiefs are kind of the same way they haven't won a playoff game since Joe Montana was their quarterback in 1993 I think well, that's
0: you got to play a And flag. they've had
1: good teams in that yeah, span. No, no, they I, just have never I, been right. able to win a playoff game.
0: Saints bounce back after that week 1 surprising loss.
1: Yeah, but was uh, it that Tampa. surprising though? I mean uh, Tampa's not bad.
0: Well, the is is the Fitzmagic thing still? Well, I don't know. I
1: mean, I mean they I mean
0: you scored you, a lot of points. You've now given an argument to the rest of the team to start Jameis Winston. You've at least made it a discussion instead of no question about it, you're going with Fitzpatrick. Yeah. I mean, granted, the guy, I think he threw for over 400 yards, yeah. but he had three touchdowns and three picks, and one of them went went the other way right. for six. So you've at least got me entertaining the thought, well... Maybe this has been a good start, and teams are just figuring this guy out. And I did
1: hear an interesting stat today that uh, the last twelve games Tampa's played, six have been started by Fitzpatrick and six have been started by Winston. Okay, Fitzpatrick's four and two, and Winston's one and five. Really? Yeah, that's interesting. Now Fitzpatrick, you know, I mean the guy's been on seven teams. teams, and yes, you know, he's not a guy. He's that's, not a future of a no, franchise. No. So I guess if you're Tampa, you you know, it kind of depends on if you think Jameis is your guy.
0: I mean, how far do you ride a hot hand before you got to pull the pull the uh, pull the cord and bail out when it's not hot anymore? Yeah. I mean, you know, do you wait one loss, two, three, and then say we can't keep going? We got to get somebody else. I mean, are you willing to put your team in that position? I don't know that the guy's going to lead you to the playoffs necessarily. I don't know that he's going to be an MVP candidate, but right now he's got you off to a a pretty good start, and you got fans talking and pretty confident.
1: Well, the problem for for Tampa is they're in the best division in football. That NFC South is a bear with the Saints, Saints the Falcons, Falcons. the Panthers, and Tampa. That's That's a bear. I mean, that's four four playoff-caliber teams. So, you know, can Fitzpatrick win you? four games in that division, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I'm not sure Winston can either. Right. Because I think before the season, everybody would have looked at Tampa and went last.
0: Right. Oh, yeah, out of you
1: those. Know. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. We'll mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Okay. But there are some horrible teams in the NFL right Well, now. the
0: only one that I can think of top of mind, and I didn't get a chance to watch much football, just looking at the box scores and seeing some highlights, the Arizona Cardinals oh, are probably – before the Buffalo fiasco with Minnesota, I would have said the Bills and the Cardinals would have been tied for worst. Yeah. Cardinals have that award. Yeah. Now as, as the worst.
1: There well, if anybody wants to talk about Colin Kaepernick in a collusion case, just all they need to do is send the judge uh game tape of Sam Bradford, and that will tell you that they're doing something. Sam Bradford is so bad. <laughs> I don't understand how that guy keeps starting Still games in the job. NFL. Yeah. He was he's so bad. They benched him with five minutes to go and brought in Rosen, the rookie, mm-hmm. down two, and said, Here you go, kid. Win us the game. Win the game. Because we don't think this clown can do it.
0: I like that you you take him out in crunch time. <laughs> yeah. we, we we need our starting quarterback that we signed. We can't give it to the rookie.
1: I was never happy. actually I was not that happy when the when that happened as a Bear fan. I'm like, no man, leave him in. <laughs> turning the ball over like four times this half.
0: Right. I don't know what's happening in Dallas. They're not that's not good. John Gruden is not off to a fantastic start. <laughs> um, oh
1: boy, getting them pass rushers, man. You really it's hard to get one of those. Dude, uh, sir, uh didn't, you, didn't didn't you just have one of those? What are you
0: walking into there? I mean, you're <laughs> setting yourself up for that.
1: You don't work for ESPN anymore, John. You're actually a yeah. coach.
0: And the Texans everybody, I think would have picked to have been a, a really good team. Mhm they're not off to a good start and then i think a really surprising thing now i was talking to a to a couple of guys uh, they were of an older generation but one has seen a lot of football and he's he's put some money down and he likes to likes to play the lines and stuff he made a prediction before the year that the patriots are not going back to another super bowl they're not even going to get there and hearing that on saturday and then watching sunday night it's like, man, is this guy on to something? Right. Because in Detroit, they look not good. No. It's, it's not that Detroit looked awesome. I mean, they were, you know, they were the Lions, but the Patriots are. I don't know whether they're a shell of the, of the former teams. <laughs> they or don't what's have a deep, going on. They
1: don't have a deep threat. Well, they traded Cooks because um, they didn't want to, in typical New England style, they don't want to pay him. So they traded him for what ended up being Sony Michelle. He's mm-hmm. been a disappointment, and uh, they don't have a deep threat. Gronk is getting double and triple team, mm-hmm. and Edelman hasn't played yet. So I'm not gonna write him off until Edelman comes back and I see how that works. And and they're gonna try to integrate Josh Gordon into the Cooks role as that deep threat. Um, don't know if it's gonna be able to work. Don't know if he's gonna be able to to keep himself on the straight and narrow. But they got they had to try something, and they got him on the cheap.
0: Does any of that outside noise? About Gronkowski said he would have rather retired, but rather and I like that Detroit was a tr- possible trade destination, mm-hmm. um, and he would have rather retired. And then Brady said he wanted, you know, a bad marriage to Belichick and that kind of thing. In the as far as the book coming out, is any of that?
1: I don't buy it? that.
0: That's kind I don't of buy that. I, I'm the, not really into that either. These this
1: is a different generation of guys now than than it was 20 years ago, and you know these guys all grow up in the Instagram, Twitter right. world and I, Where there's I just, a lot of stuff floating yeah,
0: around that I, doesn't have any credibility I don't really think whatsoever.
1: There's, okay. there's a lot to to do there, mm-hmm. so
0: Well, the the week is we expected a good Thursday night game, which is not what we had last year. Right. I don't know that you could have picked more than 3 decent matchups last year on Thursday night, and then we expected one for this week, and then the Vikings got pounded by Buffalo, so this Rams Minnesota game in LA not looking like as good a game, maybe, as when the season started. And especially no. with the Rams being that good and the Vikings going, What do we well, do it's a big now? Big game for Minnesota. Oh,
1: huge. You know, you huge. L- they lose that game. They all of a sudden, they're falling down into the bottom of the division. Yeah.
0: And if the Rams had, haven't cemented themselves right now as, as the team to beat in the league, this is going to, like, really put a stamp on it after four weeks. Yeah.
1: yeah. So I agree.
0: So you already mentioned the Bears are facing the. Buccaneers. K- yep. Yep. Don't know who you're going to start. They know who they're starting at quarterback, but we're not hearing it yet. Correct.
1: Yes. All right.
0: Yes. Who else we got? Uh,
1: Bengals at uh, Falcons. Okay. Um, big game for Atlanta. You know, they cannot afford to go one and three in that Uh-oh. division and uh, lose another game at home. Um, you got the Bills at the Packers. Kind of touched on that one a little bit. I mean, that's you know a game. know what the line is on that? Yet? I haven't seen. No. But um, that's a game Packers need and should win. Okay. Um... Dolphins at Patriots. Um, you know, this, you know, Dolphins win this game. This
0: is a good, you know, statement game for Miami. If Miami
1: wins this game, they're three up on the Patriots in the division, where, which I don't think has happened since like 2002.
0: John Barry will be happy.
1: So, yeah. I don't know
0: how he's, at it. that's a nine and a half point spread mm-hmm. for the Bills and the Packers. Oh, boy. That's, that's a, a lot. L- that's a little steep for that's me. That's a lot. Especially coming off their respective games. Right,
1: right. So um,
0: Patriots are seven point favorite. I,
1: okay.
0: I mean it's in Foxboro. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Um good Sunday night game, uh smash mouth old school Baltimore, Pittsburgh. That will oh, that, yeah. be a that'll be a nice thirteen to ten type game. I was just game. gonna
0: say maybe a field goal fest.
1: Yep. And uh, Monday night, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs at uh, at Mile High against the Broncos. It's a right. good old AFC West rivalry. I haven't
0: paid attention. Has Keenum been off to a decent start after he had such a great year? Eh,
1: I think he's just been okay. Right. And I think he's been very average so far. So right.
0: very big uh, as we transition now to hoops because the season starts here pretty quick, and mm-hmm. we'll just touch on uh, the Bucks. I know there was media day on Monday. A lot of people uh, gave some some quotes. Practice started on Tuesday. Um, A lot of people, especially the roster that you hear, there's a lot of support and a lot of excitement for uh, for Budenholzer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really seems like they are amped up, and, and he seems to have a good grasp, and again, not knowing a lot of the X's and the O's, he seems to have a good grasp on where this team needs to improve and how they can maximize their offensive output with so many weapons while still transitioning to play defense.
1: Yeah, they're going to play faster this year than they did last year. Last year, if you watch the Bucs, there was a lot of half court isolation, um, and, that, and that's you know that's the way Jason Kidd came up playing. That's the way he knows um, Budenholzer. If you you know the Haw- he coached the Hawks the last few years, they shot a lot of threes, and
0: he was coach of the year. Yep. What the f- twenty fifteen yeah, season, one sixty like that.
1: games, yeah. had the one seed a couple years ago. He's from the Popovich Spurs tree. Um, you know, so a lot of, a lot of ball movement, um, getting up and down, playing good defense. So should be a fun team to watch this year. Um, what
0: are the additions going to look like? And I, where, what roles are the, I mean, cause I, you and I had texted what they signed Brooke Lopez, mm-hmm. when they signed Ilya Sova, he's coming back. I mean, are, are these guys that are, are getting paid a, a decent amount of money? Um, are, are they going to be, well,
1: Brooke know? will start. Okay. Brooke will start at center. um, I think you're going to see Urson um, come off the bench, most likely, uh, play some minutes at the four.
0: He's played for Budenholzer before. Yep. He said that he he really likes the system and he gets
1: it. Yep. Um, I think you're going to see him play a lot of a lot of the four, the power forward position. Maybe some small ball five, um, depending on the lineup, and they bump Giannis up to the four. Uh, they, even Thon uh, yesterday was talking about with with Lopez on the team. Now he might even get to slide out and play. His natural position, which is the four, Um, the last couple years when Thon has had to guard other centers, he just gets pushed around. He he, he just gets eaten alive. And and it's really not fair to the kid to ask him to guard. You know, Brooke Lopez, he talked about it yesterday. He's like, Brooke Lopez, when I guarded him, he's like four inches taller than me and he's 65 pounds heavier than me. Like, that's hard. That's tough to guard.
0: Are we putting any weight on this kid? I mean, is it, is he just got an insanely high metabolism or what are we doing?
1: He's trying. Some people are just, you know, some people are just built that way. They've been trying to put weight on John Henson for seven years and that hasn't worked well. So, um, we'll see, but, uh, pretty cool interview Giannis did this week with, uh, Jim Pashke. Um, it's on the bucks app. I believe it's on bucks.com. If you want to check it out, it was a four parter, about five minutes a piece, um, The kid's really grown up, you know, it's kind of, one thing that's cool about the NBA is, you know, you see a guy like him come in at 18 and he's really is, you really are a kid, you know, and he, you know, he's about to be 24 and he even said like, I'm still a kid, (laughs) but you know, he's, he's really matured and and you can tell he's really grown into a leadership role. Um, That is his team and he knows it. And, uh, you know, he talked about going out West this summer, working out with Kobe. Uh, Kobe is a guy he really looked up to. And, um, you know, he, he, told a pretty cool story about, uh, they were supposed to meet at the gym, you know, at six or I don't know, nine o'clock in the morning. And he, he said he got there three hours early cause he wanted to beat Kobe there. Cause Kobe, <laughs> Kobe's a notorious gym rat, you know, be the first guy there. And he said he was giving Kobe the business a little bit about beating him to the gym and, uh. I don't think Kobe liked that too much, but um, pretty pretty fun stuff. And uh, looking forward to the season. One one interesting thing, um, NBA made one rule change this year. That's that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, on on a, on an offensive possession, typically when if an offense shoots misses and gets the offensive rebound, the shot clock resets to twenty four. Okay, they're changing it this year. You get less. It's only going to reset to fourteen. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, especially in end of game situations. Right. But one thing also is, you know, some of these teams like a Golden State or a Houston. What if they shoot with twenty seconds left on the shot clock and get get the rebound? So they could have less so, time. Right.
0: So then it's actually eighteen yeah. by the time they pull down the rebound. But then you automatically lose four right. seconds. Right.
1: Right. So that's going to be how interesting. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play out. Um, I, they, I believe they tried it last year in the G League. Okay. So they there there is some trial with it. Um I don't know. It, it, it's just like everything else, man. More offense, more offense, more offense. That's that's what they're going for. So
0: not an exciting week for uh for the Badgers. They have the week off. Well needed after the bounce back victory um over Iowa. And uh next up is Nebraska, which Got I... pounded. Man, they didn't even bother showing up at the big house. No. But- Scott Frost goes from national champion yeah, at, at yeah. Central Florida to to his, his his alma mater. And I think it's safe to say that Nebraska has hit rock bottom and there's only one direction to go. And, and if that's the case and that's the coach that they wanted to, to lift the program up, you got it, but you can't go... <laughs> There's nowhere else to go right now. No, you can't really sink any lower.
1: No, and it's got to be tough for a school like that. You're kind of, you know, you don't, you're not really a draw as a college, you know, and your, you know, your your history of success was was, in my opinion, gimmicky with the wishbone, yep. and the I option, remember and when
0: all the fans of the team was really excited. Yeah. We're gonna come to the Big Ten. We're gonna beat the crap out everybody.
1: Yeah. Now, how's that work? That worked well. So. I don't know. Give him a couple years, oh, we'll I'd, see. I'm but just, yeah, you know, it's kind of like but, uh, the the guy up at Minnesota. You know, he came. Flag, he yeah. had a nice couple years in, over in what, yep. Central Michigan, was it, or uh, something like that? Yeah, or, or um, was it Western? I thought it Western, was Western Michigan. Yeah. yeah. So you know, give these guys a couple years nice. to, to get some of their own recruits in. We uh, got a
0: late game again. That's three night games already for the Badgers in five games, which that's well, a lot. When n- night games used to be like, oh wow, we get to play under the lights. That's great. Now. Wisconsin, you know, top tier program. Like I, I would have thought, and we had a discussion about that on Twitter this week with with Bear and and Joe. And I said, you know, the game time wasn't announced until Monday. That's generally when it is, about just a little less than two weeks out. And I'm just trying to figure when when are they going to play this thing? Yeah. And one Joe said 11 a.m. Nebraska's terrible. Bear was 2:30. You know, that's usually your regional ABC game, and then it comes out with a night game, and I'm like, really? Okay. Well, it'll
1: it'll give the students a, uh, some more all, time all, all day to get greased up. So, <laughs>
0: <sighs> all right, let's move to our to our top five. This was uh, this was one that that you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. at the
1: end of the season, a, a I thought days this would ago. be a good one to yep. do.
0: Our top five favorite brewers and least favorite brewers of all time. And I will say that most of my least favorite has not, has somewhat to do with attitude and somewhat to do with the fact that they made a ton of money. And did not I know one guy who's on this list for you for sure. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. You want to run through your top your top five to start with?
1: Um I'll start well, I'll just start at number one. Uh easy for no, me. No, you should go You, you want th- me to go five? Th- yeah, five. All right. Um number five, uh I'll go Prince. Okay. Prince Fielder. Um always liked him. Yeah. Good good, you know, good guy. Uh didn't break my heart when he left. I kind of understood um, but he was he was a fun guy to root for.
0: He's not on my either list. Yeah, because I, I really liked having him on the club. What he did, offensively. I struggled
1: with this list. I really did. It was I had easier. about thirty eight guys that could have been in my top five.
0: It was easier for me to identify my top five least favorite.
1: I, I sat down last night this because I you know watching the Brewer game and I was on baseball reference and <laughs> I was just scrolling You're through forty man rosters <laughs> over the last you know twenty years and like oh my god, who is Paul Noger? like? <laughs> Oh, my, I forgot Rob Dibble was a brewer. You know, it's like, holy (laughs) cow.
0: All right, my number five is Jason Kendall. Okay. He was not very very, very long, but I love the veteran catcher. Guy that doesn't wear batting gloves, can slap it the other way. Mm -hmm. Just kind of one of those savvy veteran dudes. And I will never forget watching in slow motion replay when he slid off first base and his ankle punched out the Mm. side of his... Out of side of his foot. Yeah. That was horrifying. Yeah, that was bad. But I, I, he's just one of those kind of those badass dudes that you really like to
1: have on the team. Oh, yeah. He was a bulldog. You know? He was a guy that so? he played every day, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. So, there, okay,
1: go ahead. Well, speaking of ankles going the wrong way, that goes in line with my number four, Jeff Jenkins. I remember he did the same thing. I believe it was at third base when his ankle fell off. Oh, man. All um, right. But G-Off, uh, he was always one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, Was on some really bad Brewer teams, but he was kind of the guy that you know was uh, the beacon of light.
0: Always seemed to be positive. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yep. And uh, they just brought him back this year. Inducted him, I believe, into their. I think it was their Walk of Fame fame or
0: something like that.
1: Um, So yeah, number four was
0: Jeff Cirillo. Always a solid dude. Yep. Had to seem to have a good attitude, and like you said, on a lot of Mm -hmm. not very good teams.
1: Very good player. Yeah. Very Very good player. And
0: I think not very well appreciated for what he brought to the team during that time. Yeah. You know I what agree. I mean? I agree. So, all right. Uh,
1: number three, Greg Vaughn. Um, loved, loved, loved Greg Vaughn. Okay. He was great. Vaughn's Valley out and left yeah. at County Stadium, hitting bombs. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a story about, about Vaughn we will get to after this. Okay. But, uh he's, he's number three.
0: Robin Yount, for me, I mean, growing up and not, not being as into baseball as most people, but that's the name you hear thrown around the most. And when you have, you know, the most accolades for your team – and you could want anybody that you could want out of anybody, and a guy who says stayed around the organization had been visible mm-hmm. and done a lot of things afterwards. I mean, you could call him an ambassador or call him whatever you want, but, I mean, that's even though I, he coached in, what, the Diamondbacks organization for a little bit, I believe. That I'm he? not sure. That I'm not sure. I thought he might have taken a turn mm-hmm. in that, but, uh, it's just you know, I mean, his name's up, up in the He's the, the greatest stadium.
1: player in the history of the franchise. Exactly. For sure. Um, two for me, Bronny. Um, I've always been a brawn guy, and I know there are people that don't like him because of the whole PED thing. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Ten thousand people acted like Tiger Woods walked on water on Sunday, so I think we can get over the brawn <laughs> thing. Fine. Carlos Lee, ah, El Caballo, Big dude, yeah, <laughs> he, he, and he was always,
0: he was always a smiling, affable guy, just just glad to be there. And you guys and
1: wear the same size pants, pretty much. I would <laughs> say so. Just hit bombs. Yes, so, I mean that. Oh yeah,
0: he, he was very very great hitter okay defensively but guy who showed up every day and you didn't really have to worry about him giving 100%. Uh
1: number one for me Robin. I mean he's just you know, he's my favorite player growing up. I met him a few times. Uh great guy. Um ambassador, hall of Famer. Um just, you know, you can go on and on about Robin. He's the best.
0: Jeremy Burnitz. Okay. He was one of those guys that had a a pretty high strikeout to hit ratio. But he could hit some bombs. He he played a lot. And I, I don't know what it was about Burnett's. I, I got really into the Brewers during high school and college. And it was just one of those things he always used to do really well when we went to games.
1: I, I, be, I believe he was the first guy to ever reach the do deck. Really? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, out in right field. Right. So
0: well there you go. That's and again, this is favorite, not best. Correct, yes. Because Burnitz would not be no. probably on the best list.
1: He was good. All. A couple all-star teams, yeah, but you know. Okay. Um all right, you start with the Hayes.
0: All right, least favorite brewers of all time. I know this guy might be on your list, Matt Garza.
1: Nope, not on my really? list. Really? No, no.
0: Okay. Showed up, tried to give you as much as he could, but definitely a guy that was way past what he, he earned, and sooner or later. You just couldn't depend on him. You always worried about when you threw him in there, does this guy have to start? There's nobody better on your team that you could throw out than this guy. Mm-hmm. But that seemed to be what our four and five pitchers sometimes, that's what it boiled down to. It's just who you'd get. Yeah,
1: I hear you. I hear you. Um, number five for me, Well, I got a couple guys here that are all tied for fifth, but I'll <laughs> okay, pick we're one. we're going to roll through them all. Uh, tied for 5th I got Gabe Gross who just I don't know he must have had like nude pictures of Ned Yost but Yost loved that guy and he would always play him yep. and he was terrible and it drove me crazy. Um, <laughs> Kevin Mench who, oh, who yeah. was supposed to be this great outfielder they traded he was in the Carlos that Carlos Lee trade yep. he was he was terrible. He was gone in a year. And uh, Manny Parra, there's nobody, Manny Parra. there's no Brewer pitcher in the last 20 years that has made me want to punch my TV more times than that guy did. <laughs> Just drove me up a wall. So no, those guys are tied for fifth.
0: Number four, Jeffrey Hammonds.
1: Yeah, same for me. Number four.
0: Biggest contract in the history of the organization at the time, yep. and how long did he last with them? Maybe th- like me, two or three yeah, years?
1: And they were not good years. No,
0: they were not. Yeah.
1: Well, that was at the time, that was pre-Colorado humidor. Yes. So he put up big numbers in Coors Field yep. and fooled everybody. This was and then, before everybody let's knew. Let's go get this
0: guy and yeah. everybody. And I can remember Ugh. at the time there was like, okay, I mean, great, but that's a lot of money. For a guy. Yeah. For just
1: a guy. Right. Right.
0: And yeah. did not live up to the building. So that that's a bad contract guy with me.
1: All right. Well, that's number four right. for both of us.
0: Uh, number three is Gary Sheffield.
1: Mm. Okay.
0: Don't want to be here? Go.
1: Okay. Get out. I get that. Don't
0: want you. One of the,
1: one of the five nicest brewers I've ever met okay. in my
0: life. And that's fine. And I'm sure it was just either the city, the organization. Too young. What, f, you're right. Too young. Exactly. Too, too flashy yep. for Milwaukee. Yep. Too flashy for the organization.
1: I mean, he talked about purposefully throwing the ball into the stands. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... I, no, I get it. I, I, I am it.
0: very loyal to the teams that I like. Yep. And if you have a guy that that clearly does not want to be on your organization, I'm fine with you. You could have gotten a bag of pretzels in return and had the worst trade ever, and I would have been fine with it. Sure. Detrimental to the organization, don't care because to me, you just got better by, by virtue of subtraction.
1: I hear you. I so. hear you. Uh, number three for me, BJ Serhoff. There you go. Um he was a jerk. Uh, the one time I, I met him, he was, he was a, a royal jerk. Um, he was the number one draft pick of the Brewers, number one overall draft pick ahead of Will Clark and Barry Bonds. Oh man. And not only that, but when he left Milwaukee, he ended up going to Baltimore and playing in a couple playoff series and making a couple all star teams. Mm-hmm. And so for that, you get a big <laughs> pfft. Uh,
0: number two is Jeff Supon.
1: I knew he was going to be on your list, yeah. I I don't really need to explain that anymore. No, you have to, because I don't agree with this. Don't you? I don't. I don't agree with this. Him even being on the list? Yes. Okay. I I can't get mad at him. I can't get mad at Supan because Marc Atanasio offered to pay him a bunch of money.
0: That's not even it. You do that, and you're a major league baseball player, and your job is to get guys out. And he couldn't do it.
1: Yeah. Well, they gave, him, they gave him a four year deal. His first two years weren't bad. The second two years were. A you're disaster. right. It,
0: yes. The, it, he fell off, and he fell off fast. He, when he he was done. Yes,
1: he was done,
0: and, and that, they kept trotting and, him out because they, they kept were paying trying, him. Yeah. And, and to me, the, this is this is emblematic of a lot of organizations where you don't know when to cut the cord. Sometimes. You need to cut your losses. Say the money's not worth it. And I get it at small market. Every dollar needs to count a little bit better than it does in, in, in other organizations. But sooner or later, you just got to say, we can't have this anymore. Yeah. And Supan's last couple of years, like you said, were abysmal.
1: Yep. So. All right. Uh, number two for me, Rick Manning. <laughs> September 1987. Okay. Brewers Indians, 10th inning. Paul Molitor on deck. Rick Manning hits a walk off. Thirty nine game hit oh, streak is over. That's right. Rick Manning will forever. That's right. Be on my shit list.
0: <laughs> do you think people
1: bring that up? No. Well, I, to him, sure. That's yes. what I mean. Yes. Oh yeah. Brewer he, fans for he, sure. He doesn't care. No. Well, I mean, what's he? What's he gonna do? Not get a hit?
0: Well, I should really
1: keep. But I hate him for
0: Molitor it. in mind yeah. when I have this next at bat. Yeah.
1: But I right. hate him for it.
0: Number one, my least favorite brewer of all time, mm-hmm. Unieski Betancourt. Really? He was god-awful. All right. All, all right. of a sudden it'd be a flash and he hit a grand slam and right. be like, where's this at? UniB. He I I I struggled with this or either same position, Jose Hernandez. The, oh,
1: the Mr. Strikeout. The
0: king of strikeouts. Yeah. Who yeah. set the record with over a I don't even times. know how many it was. He'd one up himself. Constantly, yeah. But he'd be the another guy where you he, then he'd hit in the span of six days, he'd hit five homers. Mm-hmm. He, it was just inexplicable. But Betancourt was not good in the field, no. And they tried to play him in a couple different positions. None I think of them he worked ended up out. At
1: first for a while. Yes, and yeah. None
0: of them worked out. No. And he was at the plate. You just just market and out. Just don't even leave the dugout, you know. Unless it was one of those times, and it you know, i I'd, I'd call Pete sometimes. Betancourt just hit a grand slam. It'd be. What? Yeah,
1: I he drove me insane. Number one, and like, I think he should be on everybody. I think he really should be everybody's number one. Okay, for for most disliked brewer ever. All right, Julio Machado. He committed murder. Yeah, I don't need to say anything else. No, worst brewer ever. You really don't need any more no. justification than no. that. I he suppose. killed a guy. That's it. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: Top five favorite and least favorite brewers of all time. Yeah. I didn't even consider that because I'm looking at it from the oh, <laughs> I know. from the pure baseball aspect, not a... <laughs> yeah, I'm not looking at the criminal history of some yeah. of the teams, which I'm sure needs to happen. All right, but.
1: story time. Okay. All right, so uh, when I was going through this, there was a lot of guys that you know I, I had personal interactions with that sure, I, re- I, I really liked that. and you know, Cirillo was a guy that I really had a hard time keeping off my top five. Um, you know, I remember going down and watching him on the Beloit Brewer several times. He came to the, uh, the, the Rock County Fair. Okay. Um, so I, I had met him a few times. Um, 1992, um, Joe Robinson, Ross Clowder, and myself, uh, Joe's dad, Doc Robinson, and my dad, uh, we went to spring training down in Arizona. And uh, we stayed at the same hotel as the Brewers did. Cool. Which was we we did it on purpose. Yeah. You know, we wanted to stay there. Sure. Um, but by doing so, we we got to uh, to meet a lot of the guys. Uh-huh. And um, directly above us was Greg Vaughn's room. Directly, directly above us. Yep, was Greg Vaughn's room, and it was one of those hotel. It was a. You know, it's Arizona, so it wasn't like a Holiday Inn where all the rooms were inside. Like, like you walked out of our room and you were outside.
0: Okay. So, so he, it's a little bit of a motel sure. feel. Yep. Okay. It was like
1: a ranch hotel sure. type thing. Yep. Okay. So he was right above us, and we would go up there at night, and they were great. They would just leave their door open, and we were just, you know, we were 11, 12 years old, and we're just running around, and it would be him and Franklin Stubbs oh, and Daryl Daryl Hamilton. Yes. And they'd be in there playing cards, <laughs> and... uh you know, they were just letting us dink around and sit on the bed and watch them play cards That's and hang out. Awesome. And they were just so great to us. So the last day we're there, um, they were running some promotion at the ballpark. Like if you bought a program and there was like a marker in it, you won something. So Ross won a box of like Tostitos chips, like a, like a box that... They would get it have, at the grocery a, store
0: a couple of mini bags in no, it. No, like it's... full bags. Oh, okay. Like, like what right. a grocery
1: store oh, would oh, get. all right. So he won a box of this, and it's the last day. Where it's like, well, we're not taking them home. Right?
0: What are you going to do? Put them on the plane? So we
1: took him up and gave him to Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> and the, didn't the, have any the, cheese or the, the look or on anything? his fa- the look on his face when we gave him to him was priceless. He was like, um, "Thanks
0: for that." We wanted to give you this as a as a, as a parting token of our appreciation for. Yeah. Hanging out, letting us hang out in your room for spring training.
1: There was also, the the Surhoff one, there, there was a, uh, Joe and I were out after, you know, the, all the all the main players, you know, in a spring training game, after like the fourth inning, they just leave. Right. They right. They, no, they, go no, they don't even
0: stay. They don't shower and watch right. or stay in the clubhouse. They're out of there.
1: So we're outside kind of by the parking lot, and uh, there was like a player's parking lot, and there was just like a, you know, like a chain link fence that would be in like somebody's backyard, just waist high or whatever. And we saw Surhoff, and he was in the player's only area. And, uh, you know, my dad's like, go over there and get his autograph, you know. And I'm like, I don't know. We got to jump the fence. And Joe's like, well, I'll go with you. I'm like, all right. So I got a picture of it. And me and Joe are standing next to Sirhoff asking him for an autograph. And he did not have any interest in talking to us. Wow. He was like, you guys don't need to be over here. You guys shouldn't be here. And Ooh. I don't even remember if he gave us the autograph, but he was just such a jerk that I just disliked him from, from then on. From that day on. Molder was the same way. My thought my, We asked Paul for an autograph. He said he was going to give us one to hang on, and then he turned around and walked off with some blonde. Um,
0: that's not... this.
1: That's... The, the best one, though, for me, was Dante Bichette.
0: Oh, there's okay? a good name.
1: So, game's over, it's raining, it's pouring, and we're hanging out after the game, and uh, Bichette walks out. And I ask him for his autograph, and he's like, absolutely. He goes, but... He goes, what do you want me to sign? And I think I had a baseball with a bunch of other autographs on it. He's like, well, I don't want to sign it out in the rain and get it all wet. He's like, come with me. I'm like, okay. So we walk over to his car, and he's got, like, a Ferrari, right? Something like that, Porsche, Ferrari, whatever. So he's like, get in my car. And I'm looking around, like, I'm not supposed to get. But I'm like, (laughs) what's what's he going to do? It's Don DeMichel. You're
0: you're technically a stranger, but okay.
1: (laughs) So I hop in his car, and he's got, like, I mean, just a dime of all dimes sitting shotgun. This beautiful woman sitting shotgun. So I climb in the back seat, and like he signs the ball, and he's asking me where I'm from, and it was like just the nicest dude ever. And uh, I remember when he ended up going over to off to Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, and had some really nice years that I always cheered for him, and and the uh, great guy, and and and, and he, like I and and like, like I good said, taste. oh great taste, and and like I said, Sheffield. I remember on pitcher day one year he was super nice to me. Um, Charlie O'Brien, backup catcher, uh, back in the nineties, gave me his bat. Uh, we were sitting, Joe used to have front row seats down the, uh, first baseline and we were there and, and I yelled at him and he gave me his bat. And, um, I also have a great picture. I'll show you here. Um, this will go good over radio. Yeah, but uh, you'll, you're going to love this. Um, if I can find it here. (laughs) So that's me, Joe and Ross in a hot tub with Jim Gantner. And Gumby is just a completely different dude. I mean, (laughs) you ever see the movie Dick Tracy and there's a guy there named named Mumbles? Yeah, That's Gantner. (laughs) And he was great. He was great. He never had a better time and he loved it. We're from Wisconsin. He's a Wisconsin guy. He's from Wisconsin, you know. So uh, he was great too, but... A lot of good brewer memories for me growing up as a kid, and uh,
0: and this is the time of the year that 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 stuff starts to bubble up.
1: I got looking at pictures last night, and I was texting back and forth with Joe, and we were laughing, and he's like, "Oh, I can't wait to hear some of these stories." So, um, those are good stories. Hopefully, people enjoyed that. that's
0: that's very good.
1: And uh, just want to give one shout out. Okay, Uh, our boy, our good buddy Chris Collis. Yeah,
0: congratulations! uh,
1: Had his had his first kid yesterday, a son. Starting the fam, uh, Cashton Forrest Collis.
0: He actually listens to the podcast, yep. which I'm sure when he gets up in the middle of the night and has to stay up for a little bit, maybe he'll click us on.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> uh, you know, hopefully, I I'm, I told him yesterday. He didn't respond shockingly, uh, but uh, I told him yesterday I'm really, really, really excited to see that guy, uh, that little guy in his Khalil Mack jersey, because mom's a bear fan. Wow. Oh yeah.
0: Well, the only good thing about that is that the kid can outgrow it in a span of about six months. <laughs> and probably not buy him a new one. All right, that's Intentional Foul for this week. Appreciate you listening. You can subscribe on iTunes anywhere that podcasts are
1: found. Next week we'll be talking about uh, playoff matchups for the crew. So I might might even be at a game. We'll see. Right. We'll We'll, see. We
0: we might have to do this another day of the week if you're indisposed. Correct. Because that wild card game would... Tentatively be set for Tuesday. Yep. If they win the division, are they starting right away so on So maybe, yeah, Wednesday? maybe
1: they'll start Thursday Pro- probably then. Probably a little yeah. bit later. Yeah. All well, right. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Go it's Brewers. It's
0: an exciting time. Yes. Go Brewers. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Thanks for listening. Appreciate
1: it. Later.